Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557. I wonder how long it's going to be till uh, no one's really allowed to say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, I'm going to trademark that. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be the last. Maybe I can own it. Then you can't say it anywhere else without paying me some kind of fee. Um, But uh, I guess they don't say that at Disneyland. Is that true? I haven't been there for a long time, but I guess they don't say uh, boys and girls. And uh, part of that has to do with the uh, transgender agenda that Disneyland is buying into. And uh, that's a bummer. And I was having a conversation yesterday that what are we going to say when we can't say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Like, what's the phrase going to be? That's been around forever, right, is, is uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And that's what they used to say at Disneyland. There's a great guy who does the voice. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's how they do the announcement. And uh, I guess not anymore, uh, except for this show. We're going to do it. And we thought, well, I guess maybe the uh, that conversation is going to get to this place where it's it's something else. You're going to have to say customers and tick holders and living entities because you can't say – you. You know, it's just living entity. You can't even say human entities because pretty soon, you know, people who think they're a cat, the furries that they're called, and I'm sorry to say that's a thing, <clears throat> that I'm really a cat or I'm really a dog or whatever animal I'm pretending to be, that you have to call me by that. And uh, some of the stories that are said about that aren't really true. Like there there was not a school somewhere in Iowa that put litter boxes in the girls' restroom or the boys' restroom for the kids to use. Um, but there are stories that are true where some uh, kids are claiming that you have to call me by my animal names and I'm going to answer questions by licking my paw or flicking my ears or whatever kind of things that they think animals do. So that's why you can't even say humans. You couldn't even say customers, ticket holders, and other humans because uh, we're moving beyond that. Uh, maybe even aliens. We'll talk about that maybe later this week. Uh, federal judge today concluded that gender identity is real in a ruling that, per- that partially strikes down Florida's new laws banning doctors from prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to minors. And, you know, I want to talk about this a little bit because it's interesting to me that what we are seeing in the United States is not what we're seeing elsewhere. And with respect to uh, it's called gender affirming care. But what we're really talking about is children who are receiving puberty blockers or other things because they want to change their gender. And I want to usually people say, how did we get here? How did we get to a place where we're having this kind of argument? I think that it's possible that this subject will be the subject in the presidential race next year. Not our relationship with China, not what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, not the federal budget, not immigration, not so many other topics. But but maybe it's this topic that we're going to have a national culture war, like a real one, about this. Or, or maybe not. I think it's also possible that 
uh, we're turning the corner. But right now in the United States, we are taking a different position than what they're taking in Europe. Even our Department of Justice is actively supporting challenges that are being made to state laws. Many states are passing laws that refuse this kind of treatment to minors. DOJ is actively supporting challenges to state laws that target transgender kids. And that is Karine Jean-Pierre, who is the president's spokesperson. And they are definitely on the page of we want to have these options for care that include puberty blockers. We'll talk about that in a minute and what it does to you. Uh, it's not reversible. It's a common lie. And that's, a, I think, the big thing. And if you're listening and you know, and you're dealing with this with your kids, or you're dealing with it maybe for yourself or somebody that you know, there's a lot of things being said by even the medical community in the United States that are not true. They were never true, or they were true according to one study some at some point, but it's not true now, even around the world. See, doctors do not agree, actually. They're, this is not settled science. Whenever you hear somebody say settled science about anything, by the way, there's to me, that's a red flag, because science should always be questioning itself, even things that we are pretty certain about. We should still have some question. There are obviously things that, you know, we know that there's gravity and we know that you breathe air and there's what the air is composed of and things like that. There are certain scientific things, but there's a lot of, usually when you hear settled science, it's not over things that are actually settled. It's, it's usually about a political debate that people want to stop you in your tracks for. This is settled science. And when that happens, usually it's very far away from settled science, really. That's what I've noticed. And it doesn't even mean that the people saying that are wrong uh, in their their ultimate opinion. It just means that it's not really settled. And we should be okay with that. We should be okay with that. Well, the the transgender surgeries, the agenda that's going on and the work that would be done to children is not settled science at all from a global standpoint. A federal judge on Tuesday concluded, however, that it is, and the judge's name is Hinkle. He ruled, uh, and the ruling was centered around two 11-year-old girls and one 8-year-old boy whose parents filed a lawsuit against the state surgeon general, arguing that banning the puberty blockers, GNRH, um, in cross-sex hormone prescriptions violates the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause, and the parents argued that Florida could not, quote, demonstrate any rational bias much less an important or compelling one for the transgender medical bans, which prevent transgender adolescents from getting safe and effective medically necessary health care. See, the thing is, is that actually they can. And I'll go through that here a little bit because I want you to feel comfortable in having this conversation, but to also recognize that the science is going to be on the side of truth ultimately, that you cannot avoid reality. You know, you can fake it for a while, but you can't, you know, reality eventually is going to come up to bat last. And that's how it works. Reality is persistent. And in this argument, the argument that's typically made is that we're harming children by not allowing them access to this care and that we're harming them for their life. And and the reason we're talking about 11-year-olds and 8-year-olds here is because if you don't stop puberty in its tracks at that age, well, then puberty is going to happen and the children will develop and that creates other problems later. And so you need to do it. That's why they're going after kids. That's partly why they're going after kids. Uh, I think there's other reasons. You can join our conversation. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to Pastor Scott at KKLA. 
Com. Last year, did you know that the puberty blocker substances received a warning from the United States Food and Drug Administration saying that the drug could cause brain swelling, loss of vision, and serious risks for children who take the hormone? And the truth is about the hormone is people will often say, well, if you decide to get off the puberty blockers, your puberty will, your body will start puberty again. And so you'll be fine, that there's no long-lasting effects. It's not true. It is true that your body will begin the puberty process again, but there are multiple problems that happen even over a short period of time. Bone loss, uh, height loss, you won't be as tall as you would have otherwise been. There are many complications, and I think people have the right to know about those things. And I want you to think about this. The, the movement, not just with the transgender issues, but with healthcare in general, the movement is to remove children Right here in California, 12 years old, you're not allowed to have access to your child's medical files. Did you know that? Uh, For any reason. They can let you have it. Your kid can let you have it. But you as a parent are being locked out of of medical decisions that will alter your your child's entire life. Now, listen to this. This is from uh, The Atlantic. Atlantic is a liberal magazine. There's often some pretty good reporting in there. And this is from an article about the doubts around the world now about transgender care. And if you're a proponent of this care, you know, please listen because the rest of the world – and don't just take my word for it. Go out there and actually study. Take a look at what they're doing now in other countries, particularly in Europe, where the transgender – affirming care was pioneered, where all of the reasons that we're doing it in the United States come from there. Those countries are rejecting the old research because new research is saying that this is uh, a very bad idea or very likely a bad idea. Did you know that? The Atlantic says this, that their opponents, um, where is this here, Um, that people who are uh, I'm out of order here on my page. Let me find here. Okay, so the the um, Excuse me. The people who are proponents of the gender affirming care point to broad endorsements by the American Medical Association, which is true. The American Psychiatric Association, also true. The American Academy of Pediatrics, among other groups. And they assert that when it comes to the life saving nature of gender affirming care, that doctors agree. And the thing is, is that doctors do not agree. And that is something that is so important because if you're hearing that doctors agree that this is settled science, doctors don't agree. There is a difference in opinions. And here's what they say. The, uh, there are risks that to this treatment in some instances and sometimes certainty of anxiety and depression and even suicidal ideation. See, the whole thing that you hear about this being a genocide or that you're attacking people is because there's such a high suicide, suicide rate among kids who have gender dysphoria that uh, you have to give them this care, otherwise they're going to be dead. That's the argument that doctors often in the United States are telling parents, would you rather have a, a dead daughter or a live son? Well, I'd rather have a live son. And so you go ahead and start moving in this direction. But what the studies are beginning to show is that actually the suicide ideation in time, and this is kind of new, right? So there's still some uncertainty about it in the studies because it's this has been just really the past uh, 10 or 12 years where this has really picked up. The idea is that the suicide ideation, among other problems, comes back and it's often worse. And the thing is, is that the problems are irreversible. And when you're a child and you're making a decision that is lifelong, when you make the decision or your parents make the decision to make you a medical patient for your whole life. 
And then you get to a place where you, you grow old enough to say to yourself, I don't think I would have agreed with that. Then you're in a bad place. What do you actually do there? In Europe, doctors do not agree, back to the Atlantic. They say particularly in Europe where no treatments have been banned, but genuine debate is unfurling in the field. In Finland, for example, new treatment guidelines put out in 2020 advised against. This is 2020, right? So this is kind of before this became the rage here. In 2020, advised against the use of puberty-blocking drugs and other medical interventions as a first line of care for teens with adolescent-onset dysphoria. The same is true now in Sweden, in Norway, and uh, many other countries. It's, in fact, the medical organizations that are the counterparts to the American ones that I just mentioned in Europe are now backing off all of this treatment. They're expressing concerns. And one of the uh, only gender clinic for children in the UK, the Tavistock Clinic, which was at one point one of the most influential in the world, closed its doors. Recently, after a government commission report found, among other problems, that the Dutch protocol-based approach, it says, to treatment lacked evidence. And that's something that we're seeing here in big numbers, that the studies that have been quoted, the studies that, have, that so many people have looked at, that have moved to this place. If you ask yourself, how did we get here? We got here because there was a few studies about uh, several years ago that people are using as the evidence, the scientific evidence, that gender uh, care is the way to go for kids. And what's happening is that more recent science, science, more recent science is saying that not only are those studies not accurate, but actually when people go back and they look at those studies, the Dutch protocol in particular, which is the gold standard for all of this, that it's not even a good study. Did you know that? Finland, Sweden, France, Norway, UK, other places are warning that for young people, these interventions are doing more harm than good. Now, I just want you to hear that because if you hear the the opposite, you don't have to agree with what I'm saying. But if you care about people, if you care about this issue, if you've got a teenager, if you've got uh, a younger kid, the things that you might be told by your American pediatrician are being refuted around the world by the people who made this protocol, by the people who actually took the time to, to study this. There's an organization that is dealing with this and what they want to do. It's not a religious organization. It's an organization of scientists and other people and children and doctors who it's called the Society for the Evidence-Based Gender Medicine, S-E-G-M, Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine. Their point is that the evidence for all of this um, that has started is not real, that it's not true, and it's alarming. And what they want us to do is get back to the science. Remember, follow the science. Remember, that was the thing, you know, with all of the at the beginning of the COVID. I take offense at our policies and strategies. Yeah, the government said that um, that uh, we're supposed to, you know, the governor said we're going to follow the science. That lasted only until the science went against its policies. And I think most people understand that now. We're talking about something far more invasive than wearing a mask, far more invasive than even the shutdowns in so many of those things. 
this is a, a important thing. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, and uh, I'll continue uh, telling you some of the things here that you will find if you do some investigation. 888-528-2557. Scott in Orange County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Scott. Hey, is it, uh, hi. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hey, is it too late just to share my, um, my thoughts on uh, Christianity and reverse discrimination? Well, is it dealing with right now? We're talking. I I missed that because I was driving. I couldn't. I couldn't pull over soon enough to talk to you. Oh, you know we're on another subject right now. But on Fridays we do open line Friday. You can call about it then. Then you have a good day. Can you do that, Scott? Thanks, Scott. Thank you very much. Um, we try to stay on topic the rest of the week, but on Fridays, if you're new to the uh, Pastor Scott Show, we do what's called Open Line Friday. That's the Open Line Friday theme, and I like it. That's why I just played it. All right, 888-528-2557. And, uh, you know, what you want to talk about is is perfectly good. We were talking about that a little bit in the last hour. Um, Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine, all right? And there's many sites like this, but what they're talking about is this. There's a sharp increase in the incidence of gender dysphoria in children and young people. And this is one of the things that is alarming because what they believe, and it's mostly girls, it's mostly girls, females, ages about 10 to 18. And it's happening all over the world, not just in the United States, but and in particular, I shouldn't say all over the world, but in particular Western countries that have adopted this path toward uh, gender-affirming care in children and puberty blockers and things like this. And historically, it was a very tiny number of people. And what they argue at this, like I said, this is not a Christian website. It's not making, um, as far as I can tell, um, philosophical decisions about this. They're just talking about the science. And what they're saying that except for a few cases where little children um, or little children have had gender dysphoria since the time they were little kids, and not because mom says they have it. That's one of the things that's going on today is mom or dad, you know, thinks this will be cool and they'll get a lot of attention and they might get on TV. So they transition their kid, even though their kid is not into it. Um, And that's a dangerous, terrible thing. And we're going to see some terrible things, I think, happen with some of those kids now that they're becoming of age. They say other than that, though, what they're seeing is something that is a group of children, ages and mostly girls, typically eight to 18 years old who have a significant history of gender dysphoria or of comorbid mental health issues, other issues, neurodevelopmental conditions, autism, attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. And what they're saying is that a lot of what these kids are going through, number one is normal confusion about things when you get to puberty, but also there's a lot of mental health issues that are not being addressed. And in fact, what's going on is making it worse. And this statistic blows me away. Childhood onset dysphoria has been shown to have it. And this is one of the big things that is about having medical care that is irreversible. Child onset gender dysphoria has been shown to have a high rate of natural resolution with between, depending on the study, 61 and 98% of children re-identifying with their biological sex during puberty. 98%. So it goes up that high. See, and what they're arguing is that why are we doing experimental procedures, and they are experimental, on children who maybe as high as 98% will identify with their biological sex during puberty, during those years? 
See, and that's the experience that I think most people have in my time in youth group and dealing with kids who are dealing with this, right? By the time they graduate, almost all of them are identifying with their biological sex. In fact, I don't know anybody who went trans after that. I know a couple of people who were gay and they came out as gay at some point, uh, either in college or maybe at the end of high school, but they still identified as a man or a woman. And a couple of years before they were fluid or they were uh, non-binary or some of these other things. And that was some of what they're going through. But by the time they graduate so many times, I can't even imagine if some of these girls had decided to have top surgeries and remove healthy breasts. And then they get to be 18 or 21 and realize I should not have done that. Or the boys who get the puberty blockers that in so many cases make you sterile and now they'll never be able to have a natural child. And at 10 years old, when they started hearing that, they didn't even know what that meant. See, this is a pretty significant, significant deal in our culture. And we have to be truthful about it and not be in a way that is uh, mean-spirited. But we've got to be sure of, that what we're talking about is, is for real and direct people to information that will help them. And the information is there. There are our government and people here are trying to hide it, but it's out there. And the studies are moving in this direction in a very quick rate. I got to take a break and I'll get your calls. I'll see your call, Eric and other people. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Tuesday edition. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. And it's because you're never far from somebody who is trans, from somebody who is LGBTQ, whether you're in your business, whether you're at your home or in the governor's mansion in Montana, whose own child is Uh non-binary. His own child is non-binary? His own child is non-binary and lobbied against these bills. He wrote his father. He wrote his father and and he said, don't do this. And he signed it That's a bad parent. No, see, he's not a bad parent because you can say no as a parent. And I would encourage you. I say no to my kids all the time. And you know what? They don't like it. Uh, you know, with video games and things like that and uh, things that they want to do. They don't like it. You're, you're the parent who gets to say no. And if you're the governor of Montana, you can tell your kid no. And the reason why that clip, by the way, was was a uh, the person speaking mostly was Zoe Zephyr. And she's Montana's first openly transgender lawmaker. And uh, in Montana, they passed some laws against gender affirming care for kids. And uh, the governor's son was against it because he he's non-binary. Uh, He says the governor signed the bill anyway, and uh, there's a lot of controversy that's going on over that. But the real controversy, and this is what we're talking about this hour, is in Florida, a court today reversed um, Florida's laws on this subject. And the judge stated essentially that this is settled science, and it's in a case involving 11-year-old and a couple of 8-year-olds and whether or not they can get puberty blockers and the whole idea and and other gender-affirming care. And the whole idea is that... Um, this won't be harmful to them, but the science is saying more and more often than it is. And if you study particularly what the science is saying in Europe that has been way ahead of us on this, meaning that they have been doing transgender care for uh, gender affirming care for children uh, a lot longer than we have, but they're reversing course and they're reversing course because the studies today are saying that it's doing more harm than good. 
These are these are liberal, you know, kind of far left governments, right, who are now saying, you know, we were not right on this. And one of the areas where they're understanding they're not right is that most of the science behind this was built on something called the Dutch Protocol. And I'll talk about that in a minute. I do want to get to your calls. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Eric in Corona, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor, how are you doing? I'm good, Eric. Listen, let me let me first say I'm not an expert on this. And I have been I've recently tuned myself into this because I'm I'm kind of a political junkie. And on the surface, I mean it really kind of seems to me like it's an addition of the what I call a fake culture war uh, that goes on in, in, in America. Because so, let me ask you this question: Because looking at gender affirming care, are you against? Are you advocating against gender affirming care totally? Because gender affirming care, uh, according to John Hopkins, which offers affirming non-surgical services includes homotherapy, uh, genital reconstruction, breast augmentation, and then it says general affirming care, preventive cares, mental health, substance abuse use, disorderly screening, educational, and non-medical gender affirming intervention. So it seems to me that it's not just about gender mutilation. So I guess, again, my question is, are you against the care as a whole or just particular parts of it? That's a great question, and I appreciate that question. Um, the There's probably parts of this care, certainly, and that's a big part of what you're seeing in Europe and some other movements, that there needs to be psychological care, right? That that needs to be something for people who are going through this. Now, there's a difference between adults and kids. And mostly what I'm discussing here is this being put upon children who are being pushed by by doctors to make medical decisions that will create a medical condition for life. And they're not being told the truth about it. And even at Johns Hopkins, they are motivated by what's called the Dutch Protocol, which is now in question. And this is why the European nations are closing down these practices is because they are discovering that that protocol, first of all, wasn't meant for kids in the first place. And secondly, when they get into the details of it, it's not a good study at all, even for adults. And so people need medical care. And there's, I'm sure there are reasons, there there are certain reasons why people need some care. But the the political things that we're talking about is doing this for children, um, specifically. It's another issue, I think, if you're an adult, uh, still something I think you shouldn't do personally, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, childhood care that involves taking medications or doing things that alter your body chemistry, that you're not being warned about the actual dangers. In fact, often you're being lied to about, for instance, when uh, doctors say uh, this is completely reversible uh, and it's not. Have you seen, uh, Eric, that film... Uh, that uh, Daily Wire put out called uh, What is a Woman? I have not seen it. Hey, you know, I, follow, yeah. uh, I, I, follow, I follow Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire, and I have my own personal challenges with them because, again, they have a, a particular point of view that is exclusive to only its readers because I can't tell you how many times 
I challenge people on the Daily Wire, and the first response is, if you don't believe what we're saying, why are you on this site? Yeah, that's no good and if they so if they're doing that. It happens. It, it, it happens. Listen, I am a 25-year, uh, I'm a recovering Republican uh, for 25 <laughs> years. So, and I say, I say that because this, and I don't want to take up all your time, is that I'm 56 years old. And I spent the first 25 years of my adulthood as a Republican. And my Republican friends now say, you've changed. I say, of course I've changed. I've, I've continued over those 25, 30, 40 years educating myself. So I do see things quite differently. And again, this is, why, this, is, this is the part that I was trying to get to, is because it seems to me, from the limited knowledge that I have obtained, that it's just not walking in an eight-year-old, twelve-year-old, fifteen-year-old walking into uh, a, a, a doctor's office and saying, "Let's cut off your breast. Let's stop your your puberty hair from growing." That it it is including mental health screenings. It is inclu- including um, uh, substance abuse and mental issues. That it that that it's more than just what's being told. And, and this is the part again about the Daily Wire. If the truth is going to be told. Tell the whole truth and then advocate for the things that you openly disagree versus saying gender affirming care is an eight-year-old walking in and stopping whatever gender they are and turning them into something else. I'm reading that it's, that, that it's, it's a full slate of medical care, which includes non-medical procedures. Yeah. Eric, uh, I'm I'm with you on those things, okay? And what I would tell you, though, is that there is a movement that's money-driven to move to those procedures, and there's all these videos. So here's what I'm – and I want to just uh, recommend a couple of things for you because I think it's important to see this. And the direction I'm taking is this shouldn't be Republican or Democrat or right and left. It needs to be about what's true. And we shouldn't eliminate care that is effective, right, that we can all agree. Like if you're a parent – and you've got a kid going through this, you want effective care, but you don't want to be lied to. And you you want to be in the loop. That's another issue, right, is that parents are being taken out of the loop. Why? So here's what I think should happen. A couple of things. The, the, that movie you can watch on Twitter right now for free. Just go to their Daily Wire thing. And I, I recognize Daily Wire is a right-wing thing, and they're going to come from that angle. But that movie is actually pretty well done. And it's... It's Matt Walsh who can be kind of harsh in his regular shtick, but except for I think he calls people idiots, actually, idiots at one point. But otherwise, but otherwise, he's that movie is pretty well done and it's pretty even-handed. And he interviews people and simply asks, "What is a woman?" And I would say it's pretty well done. The other thing is to recognize and go online and look for Vanderbilt University or any children's hospital and the controversies that have come up about the videos that came out from doctors' meetings where they were talking about how much money is involved here. And realize that there is there is an agenda that some people have here that is, number one, it's bad science that we're learning about, which is what I'm talking about today. And number two, there is an economic drive for this that is the reason it's happening. There's probably other reasons. And I understand, we, I think we all should look at... Uh, you know, the political bent of whatever it is we're looking at um, and and look through it through a lens that things are going to be shifted one way or the other. Um, but that doesn't mean that one side or the other is always wrong. And in this case, well, I, that's true. I, you know, I think what we're seeing is some truth being spoken on this subject. So Eric, I'm going to I want to move on here, but I really appreciate your call. Uh, sure, sure. And uh, thanks for listening to the Pastor Scott Show.
All right, uh, I want to get into this Dutch protocol. I see your other calls. I'll get to them here in just a second. But the Dutch protocol is the reason here, because the practice of medically transitioning minors, and I'm getting this from a website, segm.org, okay? It's all over the place. You can find it in multiple places. Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine. Their argument is that the evidence of gender medicine is saying that the things that we're doing, particularly for kids, especially when it comes to the drugs and the surgeries and the even the psychotherapy, is we're going the wrong direction and we're harming kids, all right? And we're talking about actual evidence. There's so much politics right now in our country and culture war and those other things. That doesn't mean that some people's answer isn't right. So they're talking about the Dutch protocol being the reason that, and what this was, was it was uh, studies that were done a long time ago in the 1990s, okay, that they began to experiment with transitioning minors and these kinds of drugs because they thought it would be a better outcome um, for these kids. But here's the thing, okay? The Dutch study, um, when you look at it, this is what it was. Um, it's talking about the medical pathway of gender affirmative, affirmative models that consist of puberty blockers, which is the drugs that stop puberty. You got to give it to kids before they go into puberty or you can't do it. That's why we're talking about little kids. Lifelong cross-sex hormones, mastectomy or breast implants, okay? So you mastectomy for girls and breast implants for boys. Removal of ovaries and testes, okay? Hysterectomy and surgical removal and revision of sex organs. That's what we're talking about and specifically here for minors, although that happens for adults too. All of the science behind that is based on one Dutch study that only had 55 subjects and only 40 of them had complete data. 100% of them had child-onset gender dysphoria, meaning it didn't happen suddenly when they got into puberty or it wasn't because their friends are doing it or because it's cool or because they got attention, okay? So it's not even counting any of these kids that most of these kids that we're doing this for now. It was only, they only followed up for a year and a half. There was no control group, no physical health effects evaluation. One of the people died and, uh, there was more going on with it. And now the studies are showing this, that hormonal and surgical interventions can lead to irreversible physical changes, medical complications and side effects, surgical complications, infertility, arrest of normal developmental processes. And multiple studies are now showing that there is bone and skeletal impairments, cardiovascular complications, premature death, high rates of post-surgery suicide. I mean, it's the suicide that is the argument, right? Your kid's going to kill himself if we don't do this. Well, what the studies are now showing with longer range, and there's still some uncertainty because we haven't been doing this very long. But when you examine the 10-year study, you find the suicide rates go up. We need to be truthful about this, and our culture is not. And so, it's yeah, there's culture war, left and right issues, and there'll be leveraging of politics on both sides, and certainly that's happening in the political arena. But what I want to talk about here is parents, whether you're Democrat or Republican or where you're at, and there's so much pressure on this. I know parents. I know parents personally who are pushing their kids in this direction because they've heard, oh, this is better for them. Or one, I know one who tried and then backed off, tried to make her son into a girl. That was her thing. And she just thought this was the coolest thing. It's the oddest thing to me. Well, you know, he wasn't there at all. And uh, eventually she backed off. But her motivation was she wanted him to be special. And if she had gone down this road all the way, she could have killed him or ruined him in so many different ways. And she was driven by this ideology. And that's what this is. It's not science. 
It's ideology. I got to take a break. I see your calls, Laura and Eric. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. And you know, something that as we uh, continue to talk about uh, the debate about uh, gender-affirming care, for lack of a better term, and how Europe is backing away from it, and there's a reason why, is that the research is showing that this is not good for kids, and we're primarily talking about kids. And it is important, I think, to acknowledge that this has become a culture war thing, and there's a lot of right and left about it, and a lot of people who talk about it for different reasons. There's so much nuance of these kinds of things. And uh, I want to also mention that on Friday, uh, if the schedule stays the same, we'll have a guest on the show, Caleb Kaltenbach, who is the uh, director of Messy Grace and Messy Grace Group, and he's going to talk about these kinds of things, and uh, I think that'll be important. So check us out on Friday, on Friday's show. Um, and you know, the scriptures teach us to be truthful. All right, the Ephesians tells us, you know, having fastened the the, the uh, armor of God, right, is having fastened on the belt of truth. The belt of truth uh, holds up everything else. Our testimony, our, our voice in the public square, wherever it is, your, your voice just to your neighbor, truth is what holds up the rest of your, your spiritual walk, okay? Now, sometimes we're wrong, and I think part of truthfulness is being able to acknowledge when we're wrong. You know, and sometimes we lie and being able to confess that we've lied. That's part of, I think, living a truthful life is we're not perfect and those things happen. But the best thing that we can do is be truthful whether or not it helps our politics. Like whatever is true, you got to stand on that even if it goes against somebody who you would rather vote for, right? And so when we talk about this subject, it matters because it's more than just a political issue. This is about kids. It's about parenting. And it's about the truth of who we are as human beings. That's one of the things that is behind this and a lot of other issues that's being torn apart is who we are is as people made in the image of God, as human beings, as family, as you know, a whole bunch of things. Basically, Genesis 1 through 3 is being removed in every part of our culture, and that's why we're having so many problems. Right. If there's no male and female, he created them in his image. Well, then I guess we can be whatever we want. But where does that lead? If it's not true, it's going to lead to destruction and it's going to lead to some bad things. And I don't want this to happen to your kids or if it's happening to you. I want you to know that there is a savior who died for you and he didn't die for Republicans and he didn't die for Democrats or he died for everybody who will believe in him. And that your purpose in this life, whoever you are, is to live for him, to be a child of God, to be know, to know who your creator is and to know that he knows you and that he loves you and that whatever spiritual angst you have because of things you've done or things you've said or things that you believe that you are, he died for all of that. And there is truth in following Christ and love and purpose. And we study these things sometimes on this program, even though it's sometimes an uncomfortable conversation. Because we want to be people of truth, and we want to do it in a way that is uh, kind. And it's hard because today's a world where just saying the truth, sometimes you're labeled as a bigot or a bad person or an evil you know, person, and you got to stand up to that. But if you keep standing on what's true, you keep working it towards what's true, eventually reality is going to be on your side, and that helps your testimony. 
right? That puts you in a place. And if you if you're not cruel to people in the conversation, then you've also retained your relationship and your friendships. And then suddenly you have a lot of credibility. And guess what? There's there's your opening that to point out that Jesus died for you. I got to get to a couple of calls here. Laura in Gardena, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Laura. I'm calling. Hi, I'm calling because uh, I find it appalling, and uh, it saddens me that this um, thing is uh, kind of thing is happening to children without their consent. And I think about parents who persuade their children to do things that are wrong, uh, such as lying and cheating and young girls using their, uh, you know, their um, sexuality, you know, mm-hmm. to entice people. And the Bible says that Jesus loves the little children. And when you misuse them, when you mistreat them, you might as well put a millstone around your neck. Yeah. And also, I think about uh, people that are uh, who don't have uh, health care right now or like I'm a senior and I just got a bill. You know, uh, I have so much money I can spend in a year. My husband is using a lot of it and I had to pay three hundred and some dollars out of my, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, my finances. And so I think about people who actually need health care um, for things that are ailing them on a natural basis, uh, and they don't have that, so the health care available. Yeah. And just thinking about what's happening to these young kids and the science that is, you know, being performed right now, it makes, it brings me into the thought of, of the idea of cloning, you know. Yeah, there's um, a lot of, I want to go on to, I'm almost out of time here, Laura, but I appreciate uh, your call. And that's why we pray for each other, right, and pray for parents, and that's why we put out information in this way, because I think it helps parents, because I think some parents are genuinely believing that this is right for their kids because their doctor's telling them that. And I think that some of the doctors believe it because the Dutch protocol says that that's what it is, right? So when there's there's deception, um, sometimes we don't know we're deceived. That's, That's the nature of being deceived is we don't know we're deceived. We don't believe we're deceived. That's why we're deceived. And so we, we, make, right. we make decisions based on things that we believe to be true with the best intentions. And uh, the, the unfortunate thing is sometimes those intentions are, are misinformed and we end up making sometimes deadly decisions because of it. Thank you for your call, Laura. Just keep praying, praying for people. Okay, one more here, Eric in San Diego. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, yeah, it's not just the doctors deceiving everyone. I mean, all the stuff the kids are watching these days, it's designed to take God out of the equation. It's just, we're, we're in a war, like you said. Um, and the kids are just, we need more Christian films aimed at kids. We need them to show them the truth. And these guys are getting so lied to. I mean, think about it. We had one day for Memorial Day for our veterans. And we got a month to honor Pride Day. I mean, they're they're brought up in a culture where we are just glorifying the, these these uh, behaviors that are against what the Bible teaches. Yeah. So, well, this is why we need to. This it. is why we need to stand for what's true, and yep. you know, and root our. Uh, thank you for your call, Eric. And you and root our opinions, not just in you know our opinion, but in the evidence out there. Because if if you're right about what is uh, correct. If the Bible is true uh, about who we are as people, then what's going to happen is eventually the science and reality will conform to that because it's true. 
And we should be confident in that. We should be confident in the fact that if we believe something to be true, if it is actually true, then the evidence uh, will come around and any agendas against that will be exposed. But you've got to stand firm, and that's why you put on the armor of God. And you put on the armor of God because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. It doesn't even, Ephesians 6 is where all that is, it doesn't even tell you what all that means except that it's real. And so as believers, we need to do that. Hey, good discussion. We're almost out of time. You can get the podcast of uh, this program by going to kkla.com or wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show. Maybe there's stuff here that will help you. And, you know, the website to go take a look at. And I, I think this is a helpful website because it's not religious. And sometimes that's going to help you with your not religious friends or parents. Uh, or maybe if you're not religious, maybe it's just helpful to, to hear from somebody who has that perspective, uh, segm.org. Uh, I checked it out. Seems to be pretty good. Hey, and uh, I don't want to leave today without acknowledging today is uh, today is the anniversary of D-Day uh, and June 6, 1944. And, you know, we talk a lot today about the bravery of people, um, which often is the bravery of putting a hashtag in or speaking your mind about something. Sometimes there's some bravery to that, but nothing like what these uh, soldiers had to do uh, on D-Day a few years ago. We stand on a lonely windswept point on the northern shore of France. The air is soft, but 40 years ago at this moment, the air was dense with smoke and the cries of men, and the air was filled with the crack of rifle fire and the roar of cannon. And they were some very brave men. That was President Reagan on the 40th anniversary, uh, which was a long time ago now. Anyway, if you served, thank you for serving uh, our country, and we appreciate and are grateful for your bravery. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pastor Scott Show, and uh, thank you for listening today. I'll be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. Go get the podcast at kkla.com. You can follow me on social media, too. Just look for Scott Furrow, and uh, I'll follow you back. God bless. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.